0: and then God comes along and whispers something into your heart, a plan, a dream, a future. And when he does that, it can be a bit unsettling, not just for you and me, but even for people like Moses. Diamond, thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to take a look at our reaction to change because even good change can be unsettling and God is a God who wants to bring change to your life because he knows that your best is yet to come. So let's dive straight into God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to Jesus and live in the victory that He died and rose again to give you. It's great to be with you again today. We're in the second program of a series that I've called Your Best Is Yet To Come. It's easy to get to a point in our lives and feel as though as though we were all washed up. There's no future. God couldn't possibly do anything with me. It's a pretty common occurrence and it happens to all of us at some point. But no matter who we are and what mistakes we've made in the past, how hopeless our lives seem right here and now, however boring, however mundane life is, God is bigger than all of those things. And he has a plan for our lives. Sometimes in my life, it's been really hard to see when I, when I'm tired and when I'm exhausted or when I'm dejected, it's really hard to see sometimes that God is at work and that God has a plan. And I truly believe that your best and my best are yet to come. And that's why I've called this series, Your Best is Yet to Come. God wants to set some people free today to be who he made them to be. On our last program, we began the series looking at a fellow called Moses. Now, Moses was born in Egypt. He was born at a time when the Israel nation was in slavery in Egypt. And in fact, they were being so populous, they were breeding like rabbits, that the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was really concerned that these slaves would ultimately overrun the people of the land, the Egyptians. And so an order went out from Pharaoh That all Hebrew babies be put to death. And Moses was born just about that time. So he was a Hebrew baby on death row. And his mother put him in a reed basket onto the Nile River. Pharaoh's daughter found him. and, And Moses ended up growing up in Pharaoh's palace. So he went from death row right up to living in the king's palace until he murdered one of the Egyptians. And Pharaoh found out about it and Moses was on the run and he went way, way, way out into the desert to a place called Midian in the middle of nowhere. And he spent decades there tending sheep. So here's Moses, this burnt-out old wreck, way out beyond the wilderness, and God comes and appears to him in a burning bush and says, Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses says, me? I mean... Do you know who you're talking to here, God? I am a murderer. I've fallen from living in the king's palace to being some crummy shepherd out the back and beyond. Me? And that's often our first reaction. God shows up to Moses in the most amazing way, out the back and beyond, out beyond the wilderness. And Moses says, you you can't be possibly talking to me. And maybe that's your reaction today to this message, your best is yet to come. Now it couldn't be. It's it's not possible. Look at my circumstances. Look at who I am. Look at me. It's easy to hate the place where we're at, but when God comes along and speaks into that place and says, I have a future for you and, and your best is yet to come, we can recoil from that. I want to specifically speak into that reaction today. It's very human, but I wonder how many people miss out on what God's doing in their lives through that very reaction. Let's have a look at Moses again. If you've got a Bible, grab it. This is a great story. Open it up. It's the second book. We're going to Exodus chapter 4, verses 1-17. to And this is what it says. So God has appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Here is Moses' reaction. Moses answered, What if they don't believe me or they don't listen to me? Or they say, God didn't appear to you. And then the Lord said to him, Moses, what's that in your hand? A staff, he replied, and the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. And then the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, and he took hold of the snake by the tail, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, So that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses did that. And when he took it out, it was leprous, like snow. God said, Put it back into your cloak. So Moses put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they don't believe you or pay attention to the first of my signs, they may believe the second. But if they don't believe, these two signs or listen to you. Take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. And Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord God said to him, Who do you think gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Isn't it me, said the Lord? Now go! I'll help you, I'll help you speak, and I'll teach you what to say. But Moses said, Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak, and I'll teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the miraculous signs with it. God comes along to Moses in the desert, in the middle of the mess, and Moses is a reluctant leader. Moses is reluctant about being dragged out of his comfort zone. He comes up with five excuses. We, we saw three of them here. But what if they don't listen to me? What, what if I'm a lousy speaker? And the final catch-all, oh God, please send someone else. Here's the mistake we make. God shows up in our desert and he says, I've got a plan for you. Your best is yet to come. And we kind of have a picture of what that might be, a luxury or career or, or wealth or a happy family or some ideal of what perfect life looks like. And so we want that best on our terms. If we wait around for it on our terms, it's never going to happen because God's best for our lives only ever comes on God's terms. Let me say that again. It's important. We saw it here in the story of God and Moses. God's best for our lives only ever comes on God's terms. On the last program, we saw how God had prepared Moses for exactly this task of going to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. I mean, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. He knew the ropes. Moses had a heart for his people, the very heart that God needed in him to set them free from slavery in Egypt. And he knew this desert area like the back of his hand. He's been there for decades tending sheep, and this is the very place that God would bring the whole nation of Israel back, and they would spend 40 years in the desert on the Exodus, their journey to the Promised Land. God knew Moses better than Moses knew Moses. God knows us better than we know us. And when God comes along with a plan, it can be challenging and scary, and it's always out of our comfort zone Do you want God's best? Do you want Him to lift you up and use you to bless other people and fill you with a joy about who we are and and what He's made us to be? if you want that, it has to happen on God's terms, just like it did with Moses, and it will exceed anything we can ever hope for or imagine. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break... I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a powerful scripture verse with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on one 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Now, when God brings change to our lives, even good change, it can be the most unsettling thing under the sun. Because even though we may have been hoping for our fortunes to take a turn for the better, when God shows up with a plan, that plan inevitably involves dragging us, kicking and screaming out of our comfort zone. You're with me, right? And while we're struggling with that, the thing that's so easy for us to miss is that God has already given us the wherewithal to make it happen. Let's join Moses again and take a look. Okay, so Moses is out in the desert. God is convincing him that he has a plan for Moses' life. Oh, well, Moses is reluctant. He has all the excuses under the sun, just like us. Oh, it couldn't possibly be happening to me. How often do we react that way when God is up to something good in our lives? It's, it's kind of very human. We want the best, but we want it on our terms. And it only ever happens on God's terms. Okay, so what does God do to convince Moses that he has a plan to get him out of this desert and to use him in a powerful way? Let's have another look at it. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. Moses answers God, Well, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And they say, God never appeared to you. Then the Lord said to him, What's that in your hand, Moses? Well, a staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran away from it. And the Lord said to him, go on, reach out, pick it up by the tail. So Moses reaches out and takes hold of the snake and it turns back into a staff. This, said God, is so that they may believe that I sent you. See, Moses is worried about what everybody else is going to think. What if they don't believe me? Instead of being worried about what God thinks and what God's saying and what God's doing. Does that sound familiar? And God's response, Moses, what's that that you've got in your hand? Well, God, it's just a crummy staff. I mean, what was Moses doing when God appeared to him? Well, he was out there herding sheep. He was a shepherd. And of course, being a shepherd, he had a shepherd's staff in his hand, an everyday tool of trade, boring and mundane, something that he never even gave a second thought to. And God says, Moses, what's that that you've got in your hand? Throw it on the ground, it becomes a snake, and all of a sudden God takes the mundane thing that Moses already has in his hand and he mixes it with God's power and does something miraculous. A man who's had a huge impact on my life through just one simple story he told me is called Peter Irvine, the managing director of the Global Gloria Jeans coffee chain. I interviewed him on a program a while back, if you missed it, you can see it on our website, Living Your Dreams. It's called on our web address, a differentperspective.org. Anyway, Peter Irvine relates this story of when his warehouse and head office, everything they had, burned down. Went there in the morning, and the whole head office, all the coffee warehouse, everything was a smouldering ruin. That's where his dream was. They were opening new franchise stores that week. They still had to supply the existing ones. And this scripture came to him that we just read. Moses, what is that in your hands? Well, Peter went, I've got some coffee stores somewhere else and I've got relationships across the industry. Above all, we've still got our people. How often do you see on the news a factory fire burns down, the people don't have any jobs? Not at Gloria Jean's. They used what they had in their hand. It wasn't much. It was mundane. It was people. It was relationships. And they believed that God could work with that. Now, the people were a huge asset. They had a heart for what the business was about. They built the business back bigger and stronger than it was before. And Peter Irvine said that to me. Now, let me share it with you. You have to take the staff that God's put into your hand and do your bit and believe that God will do his bit. Look at Moses argued with God, it was a tough ask on Moses. And often when God comes to meet us in the desert, it's a tough ask on our lives. When we feel that we're burnt out, that life's passed us by, that God could never do anything with us, God comes along and says, what are the skills and the passions and the talents and the abilities and the money and the relationships and the connections that you have in your hand? What is that that you have? I remember years ago, being like Moses being at the back of the desert in a wilderness time in my life and I remember God speaking very clearly to me about the staff that he put in my hand just this simple ability to tell a story and hold people's attention well God what could you ever do with that I was a failure I was broken down I had no hopes no dreams and he spoke very clearly that's the staff in your hand it wasn't what I expected so I went to Bible college after being a Christian for just a few months God called me and said, go, so I went. And now doors have opened up and and now you and I and a few hundred thousand other people in 80 countries around the world are sitting here together over God's word. Well, it's easy when you look back. Let me specifically encourage you today. What, me? No, it couldn't be. Yes, you. Look, what's the thing that God put in your hand? Pick it up. Start using it. Go with whatever you've got, and it may not look like much. Moses' staff didn't look like much. Nor did the ability for me to tell a story. Nor did the smoldering ruins that Peter Irvine was looking at when his coffee warehouse burnt down. Pick it up and start using it, and see what God will do with that. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. This feeling that God is finished with us, that perhaps there isn't much of a future left for us. It's a feeling that we all experience at some point in our lives. But the truth is that He's far from done with us. The truth is that your best is yet to come. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet called, not surprisingly, Your Best. Is yet to come. It's full of life changing practical Bible teaching to help you lay hold of the amazing future that God has ready and waiting for you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send that booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. You know, we can look at this story and say, well, this is a story about Moses. It's not. It's a story about who God is and how God operates and what God does. Moses was a human, frail man, just like you and me. And God, in his grace and his power, comes and meets Moses out beyond that desert. And he says, Moses, i got a plan for you. And when you're feeling weak and frail and human... I will take the things that I have already put into your hand and I will put my anointing on them and my power on them, my miracle-working power, and I will bring my plan to pass. One of the things that happens when God comes along to bring his best in our lives is we see God and and we immediately say, I'm not worthy. I, I have this sense of inadequacy just like Moses. We look at the donut and we see the hole in the center. We see what's missing. And so we have all these excuses. We make a list of them. We use them as a crutch. Moses did it. Come on, let's have another look at it. Come with me back into the Bible and have a look at it. Beginning at chapter 4, verse 10 of Exodus. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech. And the Lord said to him, Who do you think gave you the mouth? Who do you think makes a person deaf or mute? Who do you think gives them sight or makes them blind? Isn't it me? Now go. I will help you to speak and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Lord, please, said someone else. Now look at God's reaction. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak. He's already on his way to meet you. His heart will be glad to see you. You will speak to him and you'll put words in his mouth and I will speak to both of you and I will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand, so you can perform the miraculous signs with it. God is never impressed with self-pity and a sense of inadequacy because you know what? It's not about us. It's not about what you can do. It's not about what I can do. It's not about me relying on me or you relying on you. It's about us relying on God. Come on, look at verse 11 again. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Isn't it me? You know, God never asks us to do anything that he doesn't equip us to do. Let me say that again. God never asks us to do anything that he doesn't equip us to do, but what he does do is he asks us to step out into it before we know how it's going to happen I don't have the skills God'll give you the skills God'll give you other people around you like like he said, look, I've sent your brother Aaron he's a good speaker oh I don't have the money to do this. God is no man's debtor. God isn't broke. oh the doors aren't open you think God can't open the doors. Whatever it is we need to do the thing that God has called us to do, God will provide. The only thing Moses had to do here was to go and to take his staff with him, that stupid crummy stick that he had in his hand, go and God will provide the rest. Go and use the stick when I tell you to. Go and speak when I tell you to. Go and be my man in this place. I, I say relate to Moses' story because when God spoke to me and said, take this gift that I've given you, just this gift to tell a story, and step out and start producing radio programs. Well, we did in the ministry. We had no stations to take the programs. We had no funds, really, to produce the programs. We had no reputation. And I remember thinking, God, how can you ask me to do this? How can you possibly call me? I'm not, I can't do this. And God took the staff in my hand, and then he added all the other things that I needed. And I didn't really have a sense of my own staff. I didn't really have a sense of what I could do. And through his favour and his provision and his anointing, he opened doors. Funding was critical so many times in the life of this ministry, but just at the right time, a donor would send a cheque, a bequest would come through, income would come through in the most amazing ways. Stop kidding yourself. God never asks us to do something that he doesn't equip us to do. And the attitude, I guess, that I've adopted is, I'm going to take my staff, the thing that God has put in my hand, and I am going to do the very best that I can do with that. But my best is not enough. And this is God's ministry, and only God can speak into your heart, and only God can open the doors, and only God can bless you, and only God can provide the funding. And if he doesn't do that, his ministry is not going anywhere. And you know something? He always shows up. He always does. Because God's principal issue is that he should be glorified. God's key desire is to see you blessed in a relationship with him. God is passionate about you. And so he uses imperfect people like me, people who don't know everything, people who aren't perfect. And he says, go, take the staff that's in your hand not always smooth. It's not always easy. It's not always convenient. And we look at that on the next program. But this is a powerful story. In Exodus chapter 4, we see God, the God of power and grace, meet Moses out in the back of the wilderness and say to Moses, you know something, Moses, i got a plan, and you're my man right now. I need you to go with my plan because Moses... Your best is yet to come. See, Moses is out in the back of the wilderness. He's a burnt-out old wreck. He thinks there's nobody there, but God is out in the wilderness. God is always out in the wilderness. And he comes to us at the most amazing times, and he says, Your best is yet to come. I have a plan. Whatever God's plan is for your life, it's a plan for good. It's a plan to bless you. It's a plan to give you hope. It's a plan to use you in his great plan to bless other people and at the same time to bless you. Let me ask you, what is it that you have in your hand? What is your staff? Will you use it? Because your best is yet to come. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for. Before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries around the world to realize that God has a powerful plan for their lives, that their best is yet to come. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus. That's an amazing return on your investment. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely, online by visiting our website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling toll-free on 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Your Best is Yet to Come. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.